disclaimer. We are not biblical theologians, but rather a group of friends who just want to share their hearts and love for Jesus. So please enjoy these conversations with God's gang. Here we are. Ooh, hey. hey, hey, hey. What's up? I mean okay. to go. This would be episode number three. And of course, let's give a little introduction of ourselves. My name is David Cushane, and I got... Beverly Cushane. Kelly Carrier. And Dylan Carrier. Keen as a bean. <laughs> Dylan Carrier. <laughs> <laughs> he was working hard today. Yes. Yep. Good all guy. week, all week. All week. I thought you just worked one day of the week. <laughs> yeah, I wish one day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it's good to be back with everyone. We just want to thank everyone for all the support you've been giving and also for giving us ratings on podcasts, uh, app, Apple, and whatever else. We thank you <laughs> for the few ratings that we got already. Miigwech. So, yes. And if you haven't um, rated us, please do so. Yeah, because <laughs> when you actually rate us, it promotes us a little bit more and we get closer to the front of the page, which would be really nice. Like people, yep. as soon as you get on that podcast app, you would see those ones. Those ones get high ratings or even just rating in general. Mm -hmm. If you don't really like it, you could still rate it as a one or a three or whatever. But, you know, if you really enjoy it and you're blessed by it, give us a nice five star rating. Five Write star. something in there. However you think about the whole podcast thing. Yeah. So it's awesome. <laughs> so much time. Yeah. Okay. So the question we're gonna ask everyone here today is, what happened this week? How did it go? And what's God been speaking to you about? <laughs> no one got anything to say. God's not speaking this week. Are you guys still saved? He's been really quiet this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say something, though. If you haven't ever done this before, go and uh, if you have a, a, a video game, you have a P PlayStation 4 or an Xbox or something like that, and your warranty is ex already over, open it up and clean that thing, man. That's something else. I cleaned my <laughs> PlayStation 4, and you should have seen that fan. It was it's like... Plugged? It was plugged, and it was almost like... You know when you see stuff after it's kind of got condensation on it and it kind of gets like mildew or something it yeah. gets white yeah that's how this all this dust was it was caked on there it was all white and stuff and i cleaned that off and before it sounded like a jet engine every time i'd try play games <laughs> now it just sounds so good and it's like therapeutic to like clean stuff sometimes so i opened up my whole i felt like some sort of i don't know technician or something <laughs> like oh, open this thing up. tiny screws <laughs> yeah <and> there's so <laughs> much of it i had fun doing that anyways <laughs> That was my highlight of the week. Surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had my tools. Beverly seen me. <laughs> no pictures. Did I impress you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seeing, seeing how bad it was before and then seeing it finished, it was a big difference. <laughs> That's right. Good oh, answer. I, did I turn you on, baby? Did I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the right answer. That's <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be louder. We are now recording in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> yeah. This is our first live podcast. <laughs> if you'd like to buy tickets, <laughs> yeah. message me. We have 
We have two chairs. That's <laughs> 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 all we have. Very limited spots. <laughs> oh, just showing them a picture of how bad the fan was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was we'll, pretty We'll nice. have an Instagram. We'll have it loaded on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we got to make I an know. Instagram page. <laughs> I, I listen to different podcasts, right? And then sometimes they talk about um different different things obviously because it's a podcast but they like the, the when they're sitting around talking like this they show each other pictures and they're like well we'll put it on the instagram <laughs> and you'll see it we'll put it on the instagram so i'm just i watched a couple geeking. too like that and they're like you gotta watch the video podcast if you want to see this oh yeah <laughs> and they show like little video clips and stuff yeah that's where we're heading eventually we'll yeah. get to that point where we got video <laughs> yeah. and everything like that and uh, uh, Instagram. We'll get to an Instagram eventually. We just got on Apple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Yeah, it takes a while to process this stuff when you submit them. You got to paste the RSS feed, it's called. Yeah. And uh, it took a few, like three or four days to process it. But we are on Apple and Google, uh, Stitcher. Um, what else are we on? I don't know. Uh, Spotify, of course, is the first one we mm -hmm. got onto. So we're on all those things. And so... Yeah, if you want to subscribe to a couple places, you totally can because not everyone uses the one format for listening to podcasts anyways. Yeah, but where is that? I'm kind of slow on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how's everyone's week then? No one wants to talk? I, do, I really don't know what more to say is that I'm still work from home. <laughs> <laughs> and what did I do all weekend? Well, my husband worked. Um, I honestly... I'll share really from my heart. Um, I I get to do a lot of worship while I'm alone. Mm -hmm. And I get, get to read the Bible alone. And what I was stuck on, not necessarily stuck on, but more or less blown away from, and you guys could chime in anytime you want. But uh, there's a story in Luke, not a story, but um, what happened in Luke 23, um, when, you know, the, there was the two... The two other men on the cross with Jesus oh, yeah. on either side. Yeah. And um, uh, Luke twenty three thirty nine, one of the criminals who had been hanged on the cross beside him kept hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us from death. But the other one rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? We are suffering just justly because we are getting what we deserve for what we have done but this man has done nothing wrong and he was saying jesus please remember me when you come into your kingdom and jesus said to him i assure you and most solemnly say to you today will you will be mm. with me in paradise and man that just like yeah there was no baptism nothing. there was no like holy spirit yet there was no um say the sinner's prayer there yeah. was you know like you need to um you need to go to Samoa. <laughs> <laughs> Take a DTS. Yeah, you need to do DTS. No, no, not hating. Got not hating. Back on the YWAM now. We're talking about YWAM. Yeah. But you know what I mean? There was no, um, there was, there was none of this. Like real training or developing. Yeah, yeah, there was none of that. It was, it was simply as God just saying, like, you know, that, that he believed that he was God and mm -hmm. he believed and that's all it was simply was this. he would believe that he was Jesus. And Jesus was like, I solemnly swear to you that you will be with me in paradise. And so to me, I was like, God, is that all not necessarily 
talking down nothing, right? Like theology or anything or, you know, people studying the Bible. But is that all that it comes to is that we just believe in you, that we just believe. And it just, it brings me so much hope, you Mm -hmm. know, that sometimes that maybe people haven't went to Bible school. They haven't done worship camp or I don't know, right? They haven't had a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, they just, they haven't been more than, you know what I mean? It was simply just believing don't get me wrong you know we all have callings and everything but but i was um more or less stuck on that word that like wow god some people if they just believe in you if not some people but all of us if we just believe in you that that's what it requires for us to spend eternity Mm -hmm. with you that i got really excited because sometimes you get down and out by all the people that are being like that we seemed like we're losing in the community Mm -hmm. right and uh, you could, you kind of get like that down and out, like, oh, I don't know. I don't know where people are going. Yeah. But to me, this was like God was saying, that, well, did they believe in me? Because uh-huh. this thief on the cross who knew he was a thief was the first person who got access to heaven with me. Yeah. And I was like, wow. It just, I don't know. I, it's like I couldn't, I couldn't contain it. You uh-huh. know what I mean? I was like, oh, God, you're so good that the thief is the one person who inherited <laughs> heaven first that you know that uh, w- if that self-condemnation on myself that i could put on myself that god's like no i know who you are but you'll still yeah heaven is your reward and Amen. that's what i was stuck on so that that's my week that's Someone so awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm amazed by that that verse yeah. too as well because yeah. like that guy base well what's exciting about that too is like jesus said this day today you're yeah, gonna be today. with me in paradise yeah like within moments <laughs> yeah. after that jesus breathed his last last breath and then i'm sure that thief yeah. shortly after and he's with jesus like yeah. just like that just within like that moments. Easy. Yeah. yeah and it's like yeah this it's like because he believed in jesus he believed he was the the son of god on the cross in that moment and because he believed there that's that's it mm-hmm. you know it gospel is supposed to be simple yeah. you know like yeah. yo you guys i'm there's just me falling in love with the word because i've been alone <laughs> i've been <laughs> all by myself it seems like for a really long time but i really found that um this hunger like right god's really calling me into deeper and more revelation that like i've read this story before but never have thought of it in that context yeah. of the thief just believed in that he was god and then inherited heaven i was like i don't know like that to me that's uh, something to rejoice in yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 oh, good i didn't get crickets yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'll give you one of these two <laughs> i'm really trying to think back on my week how it went I can't remember a whole lot. Just at home doing <laughs> things. <laughs> Just excited to record the sec- <laughs> our third episode. Yeah. It's definitely like to think like what to share. Yeah. Like I've been busy. My week's been busy with all the snowfall. Oh so yeah. like seven days straight I've been at work moving snow, cleaning, you know. So on my way to work, I'm the one breaking trail in the morning oh, yeah. there's nobody on the road yet so i'm trying to keep track of the <laughs> road not hit the ditch and <laughs> but at work yeah very busy with the snow it's been 11 12 hour days and wow. i picked up a casual job on the reserve just to help out and 
make a little extra money, I guess. And there, it's too, it's very busy. Like, you can't get anywhere at once, but everybody wants you oh there. Yeah. You know, like, like last week on Tuesday or Mon Tuesday, I got some RM taxpayer came, drove like three or four miles to come and give me heck. How come I'm not over there cleaning <laughs> their road? So and so had an appointment. Yeah. And we need to get out. But I'm sitting there like you drove all the way here to try yell at me. Why didn't you take so and so with you and go like Yeah. <laughs> In the end my grader malfunctioned. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry, we're just headphones are kinda messed. Like, can you hear now? No? Okay. Off, they just cut go to commercial. Go to no, commercial. <laughs> Are you bored on the Saturdays? Well, you could join David and Dave. There we go. Can you hear now? Yeah. Okay. Sunday show on a Saturday. And we're back. And we're back. I accidentally kicked the Whatever. I have a question for you, Dill. As a heavy equipment operator and you're in the winter season... Uh, you d you mentioned you have to break trail, so you have to be that first one that goes over the grid road with your grader, right? So right. do you find that it's hard to distinguish the road from the ditch sometimes? Yes, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's true. Like you're in a m grader machine, and you're like you like say you come up to a grader, bright lights and everything, right? Like yeah. oh, you must be able. To, you can't see nothing, really? especially <laughs> when you're breaking trail. It's all like all same scenery, uh -huh. and you can't see nothing, and like. I've hit the ditch, like, this week. I must hit the ditch, like, six, seven times. Wow. Because when you go out, it's pitch dark, right? Yeah. Everything looks the same, and you don't know where the shoulder is. <laughs> so you gradually slide in, and hopefully you can pull yourself out. Yeah. Pull yourself out with the wheels, a six-wheel drive, if you can back out. If not, use your moldboard. Something, because mm -hmm. you don't want to pull another grader off that's 10 miles away to come and pull you out. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's definitely blinding out there <laughs> like that's <laughs> I, I remember one time feeling like that too i was driving uh out of town north like towards kenora coming back actually from kenora that way and it was snowing at that point and everyone slowed right down to like a crawl yeah and i was so scared because i couldn't tell where the ditch started even the other opposing traffic i couldn't tell where right. that yeah. started and i thought i was gonna go right in oh the yeah. ditch and i was scared for maybe like 30 seconds straight <laughs> man that was freaky uh it's definitely a challenge, but like a big grader, you should be able to pull yourself out because you got all the implements and yeah. six wheel drive really helps like yeah. big time to get yourself out. So it's better than four wheel. <laughs> <laughs> get yourself a six wheel drive. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself a six wheel grader. And also I picked up on like where I work my full time job and where I work my second job two different worlds for equipment wise you know like yeah. my one job has like top of the line stuff tires something breaks they fix it right away mm -hmm. and my second job now those monias <laughs> <laughs> and my second job now it's bare minimum you know like wow. this is what you have work with it something breaks the the snow blade i had this today was chained up to hold it in place <laughs> because <laughs> the, the rams broke on that it that just right? sounds dangerous yeah like I had to get out four or five times to tighten the chains up oh just man. to hold that you wing know, on there. First Nations are never stuck. 
<laughs> they got chains and everything. They got chains and Go everything. Go figure out something, yeah. But it's definitely two different worlds I noticed uh-huh. from operating from my RM job to working on reserve. Yeah. Two different things. Man. Like I fell in a, a load or I fell off the road three times today. Just because of the wheels, the tires, Yeah, they're like a summer tire, right? So it's hard. And you're trying to drive on the road where it's icy. Yeah. You're sliding all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the ditch three times today. Once yeah. I had to get pulled out, like dug uh-huh. out. But I was in there bad. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them how high the snow was out on the res. I So I had to get out. I was going to unhook the chains from my snow blade so mm-hmm. I can kind of tilt the blade around so I push myself out. Jumped out. It was up to my waist. <laughs> I was trying to get out and climb around. <laughs> the belly button. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> belly button. <laughs> and I crawled so far as I can't get through it. Uh-huh. So I turned back and I had to roll out. Imagine rolling on the ditch. Like, let me know when he drove by. Like, what's well, going on with this guy? Like, uh. Let's take a pause and we'll go watch him roll out in your yard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so deep, I couldn't even get to the front of it. So uh-huh. I had to sit there and wait for a backhoe to come dig me out. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Two different worlds. Yeah, (laughs) and I wouldn't even think that you'd be hitting the ditch all that much or having that much trouble. Trouble, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, but it's just like if the one loader had uh, winter tires, softer tires, it would be a lot better. And if I was able to move my my, uh, snowplow to move it, uh, articulate around, I could push my way out. But with it being all chained up, I couldn't do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I noticed a big difference. Um, Our GMC had snow tires. And oh man, it was freaking butter, right? Just yeah. driving, just nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, we still got a new Chev. And uh, are they all season or I don't they're know what like they're all weather tires. Okay, they're, they're all terrain. And it's like all terrain. It's like just t- like tough. Hard. It's like block, like like you hit every <laughs> bump. And I was telling Dilla, I was like, this truck is so much rougher than our <laughs> other one. And he's like, no, it's the tires. It's the tires. And oh I'm like, yeah. we need winter tires. <laughs> like, I'm not used to the <laughs> harsh and the bulkiness of yeah. it. Yeah. To, to, I don't know, I got really spoiled in that GM. <laughs> <laughs> we had winter tires one time. Yeah, they totally make a difference. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can tell. Get them if you could invest yeah. in winter tires. You know, during the winter and you need them, get them, yeah. yeah. And steel rims. Steel, steel rims. And winter yeah, tire, and winter yeah. tires, yeah. Mm-hmm. The aluminum, they start to We're move. coming up to tax mm. time, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Start pricing out. Yeah. Here's your rebate wise. <laughs> rebate. <laughs> but yeah, that was my Don't week. go to uh, Edmonton. <laughs> 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 For a trip and then all gone. Yeah. yeah, that was my week, though. Snow removal. I'm supposed to go to work tomorrow again, but I'm taking a day off. Yeah. Seven days straight is mm. no good enough for me. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. with that long of hours, mm. too. For mm-hmm. sure. Yep. Yeah, I'm thinking about taking uh, the rest of the year off, actually. Meet, meet, meet. That'd be very nice. Really? I was telling David, too. I was like, I really hope by the end of the week we hear that we have two more weeks off. <laughs> 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 Not two home. more weeks off, but like working from, from home. Working from home, yeah. yeah. It's been, yeah, it's been interesting. But yeah, well, well if one thing I could add is just if you're waiting for snow removal, just be patient. They're out there. Yeah. They're coming. Just got to think that nobody's plowed the roads for the operators. Like They're coming, breaking trail. Oh, yeah. Just be patient, and they'll get out there. Yes. Don't, don't yell at our yeah, men. Yeah, there's no Appreciate point in <laughs> finding them to yell at them or cuss them out or anything. That's 
not going to help. You yeah. know, I Just heard, be this, patient. heard this once before, but there's two people that probably get the most, like, I don't know, you know when people say stuff? Yeah. The chief and the greater operator. <laughs> get the most black, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you phone, you could phone a counselor and be like, my cook has a doctor appointment or my kid has a doctor appointment. <laughs> Why is the greater guy not <laughs> out here yet? And you, you get pretty upset, right? Yeah. It's like you and half the reserve have a doctor appointment. Yeah. Like, Just be patient. That's all. Yeah. Because getting mad out there, it's just going to make them not want to come there. Exactly. <laughs> doesn't help the situation no, at no, all. No, it doesn't yeah. at all. Like that opera is having stressful already yeah. trying to stay on the road and trying to get everything done at once. And they don't need the next guy to come and yell at them like hurry up when mm-hmm. elders yell at you do you want to just sit there and listen <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I obey their words yeah <laughs> 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 yeah we've been in some situations yeah so now we'll move on to the next portion here i guess if everyone's good and mm-hmm. we're talking about their weeks the next question and how we move more into our episode actually is we want to talk deeper about our testimony on how we came to Jesus. Um, Dylan touched a little bit on his last week. The first episode, we all talked about ours a little bit. Now, we could go a little bit deeper into that because I'm sure there's lots more to share than the brief, you know, where we are today kind of thing, but how it was before and where we are now or how we got there, I guess. So, who would like to go first and spill the beans and talk about their whole life <laughs> here's a container of beans <laughs> <laughs> Beverly spill it yeah <laughs> I could go first okay. I guess yes uh, we're all looking at you anyway now it is your turn it all started on a crisp autumn morning <laughs> <laughs> I woke up and there was snow on the ground no just kidding <laughs> um I don't know. It, just, it seemed like it almost was like a lifelong journey to get to where I am. I like sometimes I think back on like my life before I found Jesus and just really seeing how he was there throughout the whole time. Because there was like times I was in accidents and I didn't even get hurt or I got like a scratch where I should have like broken a bone or something. Mm-hmm. And even times where I was running down the streets in the rough part of Saskatoon at like 2 a.m. and not even being bothered. (laughs) 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 Sitting in between uh, the overpass on Circle Drive and 30th, 33rd Street. But uh, the first part I really remember like God speaking to me is traveling from probably Yorkton to Saskatoon in my teen years and I would always see this one sign outside of this small town Lanigan you guys all probably seen it and it says I am the way the truth and the life and it always stuck out to me and I don't know why it did and it got to the point where I even wrote it on the wall in my bedroom and um I don't know if anyone, David probably remembers it, but in my room when I was a teenager. How would David know? How would David <laughs> 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 Because we were friends. <laughs> 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 but uh, 
so in my bedroom I painted on my walls and drew on my walls and stuff and I had one wall that was bright pink and had my name probably like two feet high in old English script and then one wall was uh, a heart with flames and wings and stuff and then the other one was um, little sketches of Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and then like little words and then I had posters up and then on the wall where I had my window I put I'm the way the truth and the life above and below it and I don't know why I put it there I wasn't even saved didn't even really think about the Bible or Christianity or anything and then like throughout my um, teen years is kind of when my parents split up too and it was it was a weird kind of situation because my parents like tried their best to stay friends or they probably like even got back together and split up a couple times and in that time it was like kind of rough for me too especially being so tall around the reserve <laughs> no one else was really tall like me um as a female i went to camp so <laughs> <laughs> and little did i know my bestie was in the going to school in the town not the Six reserve <laughs> 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 but yeah it was really hard growing up as a like six foot plus girl in a small reserve town area and sometimes like people would make fun of me and sometimes they'd be like hey jolly green giant or like big bird and stuff like that names so it, like most of the time it didn't really bother me but like there were a few times where you know people said it with this tone that they like knew they were trying to make like I knew they were trying to make fun of me and trying to hurt my feelings and so like it got to the point where I was like kind of like depressed and like to where like I wanted to hurt myself and like it didn't get to the point where I wanted to like commit suicide or anything like that but it was like pretty close and I was going through a rough like stages and I even like went through a rough patch with my sister who we grew up as like twins pretty much like we were best friends like together for everything and then we uh, ended up getting into this huge fight and not talking to each other for a while even though we still lived in the same house we like didn't talk to each other and it got really hard and uh and then also my cousin we even got into a an argument over like boys or something and we ended up like not having the best relationship after that either and so it seemed like a whole bunch of things were like kind of piling up and piling up and I still like kind of like was searching and like my mom tried to help with like going traditional way but it just didn't really feel like it was doing anything for me like I didn't feel anything and then so I kind of like stayed away from it a, bit, a little bit and then I didn't really know like where to go or what to do and then me and David ended up getting together when we were in our late teens and we ended up like going together and moving in having a baby and then getting married and stuff and it was around the time I think it was like a month or two later after we got married David ended up giving his life back to God and then 
I would like go with him to church every once in a while and like at first it was just to go just to go do something and be with him and then eventually a couple years later I think it might have been two or three and uh we came down for a visit when we lived in Saskatoon to Yorkton and we went to uh Grace River Mission and uh at this point we were kind of like trying to have a baby because Harmony was already like two or three and then I was like kind of nudging David I was like go for prayer go for prayer ask for prayer for our, our baby <sighs> can you get emotional now <laughs> <laughs> and so we went up and then uh, our David went up and then his mom started to pray for him and then they called me up and then so it was like me harmony david standing there and his mom prayed for us and then i just felt the overwhelming like love of god and he just couldn't help but cry and then his mom asked me he's like does you know what you're feeling right now and i said no and then she's like this is jesus it's like do you want to feel this all the time and then uh, I was like, yeah. So we said the sinner's prayer. And afterwards, like, I just felt like such a release. Like, just the whole uh, weight lifted off my shoulders and stuff. And even afterwards, like, the following years and stuff, we really got into, like, going to church and stuff. And just really, like, kind of, like, giving our hearts to God and really uh, building that relationship with him. Thank you. And then we um, ended up moving back to Saskatoon or we were in Yorkton for a while and then we moved back to Saskatoon and then uh, we went to uh, his uncle's church uh David's Heart Ministries in Saskatoon and we were there for a couple years and like even then that church I I really enjoyed it it was fun it was a lot of fun but I still didn't feel like it was a right fit for us and then we ended up um, moving down to Yorkton after dad, David's dad passed away and then we didn't know where we were going to go to church if we were going to go to Grace River or like um the house of prayer or like even like prairie harvest or something and then uh his mom invited us down to Cowasis to love ministries and we end up going a couple times and then the um whole shift happened in the church and like with bill's um scare there with the his gallbladder and then everything moved to Melville and then that's where we kind of like really got serious into the love ministries and then the rest I guess is history <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah I remember a couple things uh, I remember that moment when you did get saved and like I, I always talk about this when I mean I'm like for those who don't know assistant pastor in a church and i have to basically make the service happen or whatever i call it conducting yeah. people just say do the service and i don't like that word so maestro. I just, conducting i'm the maestro of the service so i gotta do the 
prayer we do the worship me and kelly and then i do uh move the along the service with the everything else calling testimonies and whatnot i always say that uh, i in public anyways i don't cry unless i see beverly crying and i remember that moment too because like all of a sudden i was crying i was sitting there i had tears and <laughs> that moment before that i don't i don't really remember going to the altar and having this real like you know holy spirit experience because yeah. like yeah, like I was, I was wanted to have that though, but it wasn't until this moment when Beverly gave her life to Jesus, and it was just awesome. It was, it was really a good time. I don't remember Harmony being there, but she was there, eh? Yeah, you were holding her while you went up for prayer. Okay. And then uh, your mom started praying for you, and then you turned around and called me up, and then I was like, oh, I don't want to go up there. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went up there, and then yeah, it's like almost as soon as I got up there, also, I just had like an overwhelming rush. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry, I've just thought of Harmony. She's the cutest. She's <laughs> tiny. She was little. tiny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. The other thing, too, I remember, w- you talked about your height and how that was kind of a challenge. Yeah. And uh, I remember somebody on the reserve saying something to you when you walked by, and it was, it was about your height, and it was really mean. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard it. Maybe it did, but you just kind of ignored it. I was like so wanted to punch that guy right in the <laughs> face. <laughs> so I was like, well, why would you say something like that? That's so mean, you know? Like, because like I, I knew Beverly, she was like my friend. Like we weren't really close or anything like that, but it's just, she's in class and I never, I don't remember ever saying anything mean about your height. Like I was right there with you with the height and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But that, I just, I remember at the time, like, I didn't know Jesus. Uh, so I was like really wanted to punch this dude <laughs> in the face and. <laughs> I didn't do anything about it though, but that's my future wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not knowing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to add to that. Punch a guy in the face. And I was crying there with you. Oh, yeah. there was another thing too that I talked to David about. I think yesterday or the the other day, and in my teen years, I remember being in class one time and my teacher like asking us what we wanted to do when we were older and. And uh, I forget how it happened, but like in my mind, I was like thinking and I was like, man, I really don't see myself going past the age of 25. And it's not like I was like trying to think negatively, like, you know, I was going to commit suicide or like something was going to happen to me. It was just at that point, I didn't see like where I wanted to be like career wise or if I wanted to like live in the city or stay on the reserve or do something different it's just at that point I didn't see where my life was going and then um, I realized it was at the age of 25 is when I gave my life to God mm. and then I was like it's kind of weird because like growing up I was like I didn't see my myself going past the age and then that's when my life changed and yeah came to God wow yeah and then the veil was torn. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Your future opened yeah. up. It's yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Well, I guess like since Beverly went out, I might as well just go just to kind of like yeah. and then like next one you guys sure. kind of go together. It's because of bounce off the <laughs> no Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan and Kelly will go together next time. Uh, we don't like doing anything together. Yeah. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It just kind of sparks a lot of memories. It, it, it helps me get my timeline in, in order to. Uh, so myself, I have a little bit of a different back history than Beverly. Like I was raised in the church. Um, my parents were pastors when I was very young in Abernathy, Saskatchewan, Main Street and Ministries, it was called. 
and and I was always raised in church and and if anyone knows my mom she'll always talk about like David was my mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. Christian baby yeah. she would say <laughs> there's a scripture, scripture inside the bible. the bible that says the lord will save you I will save you in your childbearing it says yeah. so she said when she was christian she uh, uh declared that scripture over her life and she said one of the easiest deliveries yeah. I've ever had in my life. You look at David's face. Look at David's face when she says that. He looks so weak. I don't know. There's just How do like I look? Kind of cheese. Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and it, the story's like, don't get me wrong. It's a real awesome story. But it makes me laugh because David's face. She says it all the time. Well, not, not all the time, but like more than a few times. Anyways, I've heard it. And, and yeah, that would have been Camsack. <laughs> She's the Lord saved my mom's childbearing in Camsack. So Doctor Davis. Doctor Davis. I don't know. No, Doctor Bishop. Every Doctor Bishop. Doc, at least not Doctor Davies. <laughs> we'll name him after the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Holy <laughs> man, that's a good one. He's not, I'm not named after Dr. D. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows who Dr. Davies is. He is kind of a rough doctor in Camsack. Yeah, Google him. I think you, there is articles yeah, about him. Yeah, there's lots of stuff. Uh, probably Dr. Bishop. My mom always <laughs> talked about Dr. Bishop in Camsack. And Was it like he bring the opioid crisis? <laughs> he brought the opioid crisis to, ca- to your Camsack, but. but that's crazy to think yeah. though yeah it isn't funny but our natural reaction to a lot of stuff is to laugh about things <laughs> yeah so yeah i was raised up christian inside the church i running around at all the camp meetings and all these things in the um i remember even playing church yes <laughs> and i would make my cousins play church mm-hmm. Remember you baptize us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that part. I remember the church. I remember like making like Kelly and Dara and Denise, Anton, all of them. And it's like, okay, we're going to do testimonies. And I remember this one specific time. It was kind of like we were in Kisikus at this time because I grew up in Abernathy for a little bit of the formative years. But in, in Kisikus, we went back that way. And then there was like Dara, Denise, and uh, not Anton, but my cousin Tyrell, who was like my best friend for a while there. And uh, he didn't understand church. He didn't know lick a church. And I was like, <laughs> okay, we're doing church. And uh, okay, we're going to, I'm going to call you guys in for testimony. And then uh, Denise or Dara and, and Tyrell were just like joking around. And they, they had like a light like this over here with the little knob that would twist the light off and on. And they, they're like, they like started switching it off and on and it made it look like a strobe light and they're making their little rock and roll noises in their mouth like <laughs> I was like okay you guys quit you gotta be serious yeah. now <laughs> yeah this is church yeah you gotta give a testimony of what good God there's is there's no yeah. loud music in church yeah, there's no rock and roll in church there's no whole name <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was so funny though because I think back I was like what in the world possessed me to like do that you know what I mean because like after a while, I didn't really care for church all that much. Maybe it's going into adolescence, but I was younger. It's like, we're, let's play church. Yeah, you guys like church? Let's do that. It's what we knew. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we knew. We knew how to go to church and do testimonies and stuff. I Okay, so um, I could go on and on, but I remember kind of later on in the, in the teen years. Um, Okay, uh, in, in, in kind of like my like my young years were pretty good. Like there was some crazy stuff that kind of happened, maybe some traumas and whatnot. And uh, that is for another day. 
but I was kind of like got a little bit older to the teen years. That's where things kind of the tr- the, the trouble came for me because um, uh, I didn't have like the greatest relationship with my dad. He he, you know, God bless him. Whatever he didn't know how to really deal with like or even connect i guess with me or with any of our uh of us that well and we all like you had asked my sister and my brother and my other brother we all had very different views of of my dad and uh mine was like i didn't have much of a relationship with him like after the young years up to like eight or nine years old and and 10 11 because like he was in ministry he's a pastor he's very busy and he gave everything to the mm-hmm. church and it was like there wasn't much left over for the yeah. the kids at home and stuff like that so um my brother elton and tina would have got him a little bit more before he was a pastor because uh he didn't know jesus and it was kind of just like home and work and what whatever else so um I, my, my relationship with my dad wasn't that great um he he would get me to work for him basically it was like you do chores but then um i don't know why but he pay me to work for with him with these horses and they were like race thoroughbred race horses they're thousand two thousand dollar horses and you know that's cheap in the world of of horse racing like you get these things like worth like you know hundreds of thousands of dollars some of these race horses down in the united states in indian country a few thousand dollars is a good horse we'll get you some wins (laughs) so um after a while that was my relationship with my dad was basically around these horses and i didn't care for them but it was like i felt like guilted into working in this thing and i remember um a couple times where he was like you know do you want your money you know at the end of the week he's like well go do this stuff and i was like well i don't even care about the money anymore like (laughs) to be honest i had this kind of fear of my dad is really what it was like because he had this way about him of kind of just uh um like playing like weird psychological games or something like that and, and, and guilting you to the kind of like, I don't know, it was really weird. Maybe like gaslighting you could call it or something. And uh, we, we'd always like, we'd be walking on eggshells inside the house and I remember uh, I would just, you know, come home from school and go straight into my room and like not even want to talk to my dad, period. And if I found out my dad wasn't there, it was a good day and it was like, okay, I could hang out in the living room and all this kind of stuff. And But most of the time I'd just go straight to my room and like try not to even come into t- contact with him, talk to him. It was so awkward sometimes. And I, it was a weird relationship. I can't really describe it the best. And remember this other time too, it was like we went to BC and it was my sister. She was getting married. I rode in the truck with him. It was just me and him all the way from Kisakus, Saskatchewan, Campsack area, all the way to uh, Abbotsford, British Columbia. That's like a... I don't know how many hour drive. It's like 18, 22. T- 22 hour drive. We might've said like two or three sentences to one another that wow. entire time. Can you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> it was like crazy. And like my dad thought it was kind of funny. Like he told my mom after, cause my mom flew there or something, went ahead and he's like, Oh, this guy is like, we drove the entire way. He said no more than a couple of words to me. And it's like, I don't know. What do you say to a guy you have no connection with, you know, zero connection. It was like that. Right. So, if anything, this is what God has kind of set, brought me out of and set me free from, right? Like I, I knew God to a point inside my younger years and even in my teen years. And I had some sort of connection with him, but it wasn't a sold out heart to him. It was like, uh, um, 
you know, I would pray every once in a while. My, my parents taught me how to pray for my food and pray before I went to bed. And, uh, because the one thing I didn't want was to get bad dreams. I used to have like crazy nightmares and all this kind of stuff. And so the Lord, or not the Lord, my mom taught me how to pray in that way. So I wouldn't be going to bed with bad dreams. So this was my kind of connection with God. And every once in a while, I kind of pray and talk to him and all these types of things. But it wasn't till later on, um, you know, my, my, okay. So my parents split up and I went with my mom and my dad, he stayed where he was in Kisikus and I went to Abernathy, not Abernathy, Belcaris and Papikasi's area and, uh, went and graduated high school there. And, um, and, and then I went to university for like a year and I just, I dropped out of university because like, I, I, I didn't even want to go to university period. It was just kind of like, I was like encouraged to go to university. It's like, go do it in four years. You'll be, you have your degree. And then I was like, okay, but in what though? <laughs> what am I going to do? I don't want to go to school, man. It's, I was like, I just got a, out of school and I was like so happy. Cause like I found education to be so boring, like school to be so boring. Right. I yep. zero interest in it. And I did okay, but like I didn't excel in it and I didn't really care for it. So I dropped out and went like going to started just working basically the whole time. And then me and Beverly got together and, um, and yeah, we had our girl and I was just work and work and work and, 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 you know, home and all this kind of stuff. And then I kind of got into drinking and I was about 17, 18, 19 years old. Um, and then, uh, that was kind of getting out of hand though, because I think like a lot of people, when they start drinking, they do it because it's just something to do. It's something fun, right? You're just enjoying yourself. It's yeah. like a, a good time out or something like that. But, you know, anything could really happen when you're drinking, like really the crazy things. Like Beverly's talking about how she really seen the Lord already before she even knew him, right? And these times where you, sh you, you should have died or you could have died, but you didn't. By some miraculous divine intervention thing something happened you know and to me that was like drinking like so much things could have went wrong man like how much oh, yeah. times did you even think like did you get in a car where the driver was inebriated mm -hmm. they were drunk how many times did you do that and any one of those times you, you could have rolled that vehicle and you could have been dead or even maybe there was times where that vehicle did roll but you're here alive right like i don't know how much people have been in car accidents like that how much people have been hit by a vehicle <laughs> dylan we're all looking at dylan <laughs> Slow moving yeah, truck. Slow moving truck. I, <laughs> I was trying to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so your drinking days, like yeah. crazy stuff happens at these parties. A lot of stories, yeah. You could go on and on and on about that stuff, yeah. Uh, I want to back up a little bit though. Okay, so there's some, there's this tiny piece I want to get in here first. Um, I got really got to speed this up. So when I was really young, I remember about five or six years old, a trauma happened to me. And I won't go into deep detail of this, but after that trauma happened... I, I, I used to hallucinate and um, when I would kind of get sick and get fevered and I start hearing voices all over me and they would echo and, and I would see people's faces on the walls and all this kind of stuff and they would laugh at me. It was so creepy and so weird. They would like laugh at me and um, I would be crying and screaming the whole time. My parents didn't know what to do and they would just kind of pray with me and they'd pray for me and pray and pray and pray and um that would happen like every once in a while. And, and I remember like I could tell that my parents looking back on it were like getting really tired of this. They didn't know how to deal with it. It's like, man, this kid's crying around again and he's seeing things and hearing voices and all this type of stuff. And mm -hmm. um, one time my mom was like, hey, okay. Uh, she prayed for whatever this is to be like 
the door to be closed and to be shut down, right? And um, and and then I was like a few years ago, she texted me and she's like, came out of a service. She's like, oh, I remember when you were a kid, you used to have this, you know, you'd hear things and see things. And I didn't realize it, but that was actually a gift that you had, but it wasn't being used in the proper way. Like the enemy had that door open and he went in there and he, 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 he started tormenting me basically. Right. And scaring me away from like supernatural and you know what I mean? Like the, the, the access that God should have had in that space, but it was the enemy. Right. So um, I remember my mom telling me that she was like, yeah, you used to have these hallucinations, you hear voices and see things crawling on the wall and all this type of stuff. And, and, uh, and I just prayed for you that it would stop. Cause I think the last time it happened, I was like 10 or 11 years old. And it finally stopped and, and, uh, but like, you know, okay, I'll get back to that in a second here. I'm going to connect the pieces. So when I was about 20 years old, is that when I finally gave my life back to the Lord? 21 years old. After a few years of drinking, uh, I didn't get too crazy into it. But when I got more into that drinking, I got angry is what it was. And I knew I couldn't do this stuff anymore. And I was like, I had my daughter there and I was like, you know what? it's it's gonna be done it's like I'm, I'm choosing to drink more than i'm choosing to be with my family and my daughter and, and my wife and uh so i was sitting downstairs on my computer watching a video and i used to be into conspiracy theories like pretty crazy mm-hmm. like yeah. listen to watch videos like all the time i was just like what is going on you know it's back in 2010 11 yeah, yeah something like that for several years after <laughs> i was really key to youth <laughs> talk about conspiracy <laughs> theories i could go on and on and on about those i like consume so much stuff but i was watching that video and there was a whole movie actually is what it was that got uploaded it online and at the end of it he gave that option you know it's like you want to give your life to the lord you know just repeat after me and then that was that was it and i was like at the end of a conspiracy theory video <laughs> there was an opportunity to minister and the guy took his opportunity and i, I gave myself back to give my life back to the lord in that moment and um yeah and then it was what what all the pieces that came in later was healing and deliverance, you know, cause like you get connected with Jesus. That's, that's awesome. Like that's amazing. Your life will instantly start getting better. It will just accelerate and you'll be so blessed, but there's like a lot of different roads you come to different little, uh, things that you need to kind of let go of inside life. And, and you know, that was like healing for me. I had to get my heart healed because I was so unforgiven towards my dad. Right. And, uh, so when we went to school, Beverly's talking, we came back to Yorkton and we went to school for addictions. And then that's when I, um, learned about, you know, people that are addicted, they're, they're addicted for a reason. It's, and, and a lot of times it's unhealed trauma and wounds from the past. And for me, um, I was sober. Yes, but I didn't have proper healing inside my heart. So I had to forgive my dad for the way I, way he treated me. Right. And, uh, he, even my mom and parent and my, uh, siblings. And so, you know, I tell this to everyone, you don't have to have that person in front of you in order for you to forgive them because unforgiveness is really about you. There's this one quote, uh, I wish I, I could find it. I had it on my phone one time and it talks about like, uh, holding, being unforgiven or, or not forgiving people is like taking a poison and drinking and expecting the other person who hurt you to, you know, take that poison, but you're really just putting it on yourself. Right. So, um, I, I was just driving in my car one time and I was like talking to God and praying. And then by faith, I just started to forgive my dad for little tiny things bit by bit. And, and the more I did that, it like freed me up and like, 
it, it changed me basically it changed me like the way I like talk to people and associated with people and I wasn't I didn't feel as angry about things right and and temperamental and uh but yeah so that was one thing and then you know deliverance started happening and and and, and God set me free from certain stuff and um, another thing I remember that really changed my life is when we went through that series, that, uh, 24, tw 24 part DVD series took a long time to go through, but I'm so glad we did. And that opened up being able to, um, hear the voice of God and, and speaking to him and operating in the prophetic realm. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, that's where, you know, this gift was kind of shut down before. And for years, I just kind of like ignored the, the prophetic part of christianity because i didn't understand it and i would see people they would like i'm prophesying this and i was like what are you talking about get out of here you know what i mean like uh, just like kind of skeptical very skeptical yeah. is what it is i was very skeptical of a lot of uh ministers and all this kind of stuff and and um yeah i would just like i would i wouldn't even listen to a lot of people when they would speak they would come special services or stuff i was like just another special service just another person that wants to come through and you know put themselves up there and 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 try to get people to listen and you know i just assumed everyone was like some proud you know what i mean kind of thing but uh but once i learned more about hearing from the voice of god it just that's when it just changed everything for me it just made it so real make god real it's like getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's what you really, not really need to get, but it's like you get Jesus. But I, I feel like as soon as people get Jesus, I, I really feel that they need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit like immediately, like right after that. And they need to be able to connect with the, the like just the real like solid, um, like substance, substance of God to operate in that area. Because like I think a lot of people might fall away from god if you want to call it that our backslide is because they don't have like a solid relationship with the lord mm -hmm. right they, they have like a uh what do you call it like a like a a form of it or something like that it's like yeah i go to i go to church and uh i get encouraged and then it's like but when things go bad all of a sudden they're back out drinking or something like that or they're back out uh messing around or drugging or whatever it is right mm -hmm. so i feel like you know getting baptized with the holy spirit is really really key after yeah really rooting yourself yeah right there you go yeah because yeah. i know we talked about that in other podcast or maybe another episode we did uh -huh. but um i know i talked about myself how i want steadfastness because i didn't want to kind of be not paraded around but you know like oh kelly gave her life back to the lord and then oh yeah you know like she has this testimony and then going to different churches yeah. and then all of a sudden you know the next friday i'm i'm back in partying and <laughs> drugging and drinking yeah nah. selling drugs again <laughs> trying to run over dylan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but i wanted to be grounded right? yeah for sure i really wanted to be grounded into in in god i really wanted him to keep me and I, I almost wanted to be hidden yeah hidden hidden so much hidden in him mm -hmm. because i didn't want to be that stereotypical indian that seems to find god and then <laughs> a month later right is just back to where they just dug themselves out of i didn't yeah. want that man i wanted to be if i was going to do this man i'm going to do this yeah yeah and that's like really where i feel the, the the healing and the deliverance comes in because yeah. um what does the bible say about 
the the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak yes yeah. and if if you have you know the 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 dark side of, of this world the demonic influencing you constantly on your decisions and your 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 motives and your your uh, uh patterns inside life how much stronger do you think you could be getting pulled out of that unless you get free from that area right yeah. so that's where deliverance comes in and people don't want to don't even believe that you know christian people can be you know yeah. uh demonically oppressed or whatever it is but there um, seems to be this idea that you accept jesus don't get me wrong uh-huh. that everything is done and yeah right but then but there's sometimes there's a lot of that childhood trauma that kind of tags itself in yeah. there that kind of digs itself in that we need kind of release and, and freedom from don't get me wrong if you're one of those people who got totally saved and set free i believe in that all too. once yeah but there's some that probably hold on or hi- yeah. try hide something mm-hmm. that god wants to deal with yeah it's this something that may try pull us or hit pull us back yeah to where we just came from Mm-hmm. Yeah. and the evidence is there too because like like i was saying there's so much people that just come into the church and then they're gone again so it's like well wh- wh- what's happening there yeah. you know what i mean what's yeah. missing what's not is there a lack of trust yeah that's what me i always go is there is there a lack of trust in god because that's what to me that's what i feel is if somebody kind of goes to god but then kind of falters away, i'm like there has to be a lack of trust there really is no rooted relationship mm-hmm. i'm not judging i'm just feeling like if 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 they would just kind of root themselves a little deeper to trust God, maybe just a little bit more. But to me, I find like, is it just a lack of, right. of that I trust you with my life that you're going to do good with it? Yeah. Or, you know, never mind, nah, pull my hand back and never mind. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you can't, I, I've been hurt before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then it's like, well, I want to heal that hurt. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know if I want to give it up yet. Yeah. I don't it's almost like people even find comfort in that hurt like yeah. because they've had it and held it for so long that it's a part of them but it that at that point too it also becomes so hard to release it mm-hmm. yeah it, it is kind of tough like it's it's a it's like a leap of faith though because mm-hmm. i always thought that how do you spell faith uh, yeah. what is it again r-i-s-k yeah. risk <laughs> yeah I always felt like when when I were when I was gonna talk about a lot of the hurt that happened in my past, and I was like, I know at some point, God, you're gonna heal me from this. Yeah. And I was in this place where, like, before, like, I got saved, yes, and then uh, a couple years later, the baptism of the Holy Spirit happened in my life, and that changed so much. But there was that span in between there where it was just like I'm on my knees with a Bible kind of christian and kind of go to church because i have to go to church because well, i, I feel to. like sometimes we were pretty taught that you need to pray for three hours a day right. first mm-hmm. first pray and then maybe learn uh instrument <laughs> and you know there there were to me i thought there were steps there were steps i had to take to kind of elevate myself that's how i felt that's yeah. how i felt christianity was there was maybe i had to do a few years of seminar or you know bible school or or you know i needed to work my way that's how i always felt in the church when growing up yeah growing up in maybe our time you know children of pastors yeah yeah. that i always felt like man i've seen my dad give so much of himself Mm -hmm. is this what i is this what god requires me to is that i'm gonna be at the 
at the church building praying having prayer prayers bible study <laughs> you know every day <laughs> every day every evening am i gonna have to make sure there's church on friday saturday and sunday maybe two services on sunday don't get me wrong we do that now but you know what yeah. i mean but i felt like it was so much work mm-hmm. it was so much work to get that um is it that name or that title to say that you know Kelly's a good Christian because she does all this work? Oh yeah, I, I don't know. Don't get me wrong; God totally removed that yeah from my life. Yeah, and I I remember being that way too, eh? Because I was like, this group knows so much on how I said like uh, the last thing I ever wanted to do was to be a leader inside the church. I didn't want to be in church. Period. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. It was like. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of church. I'm so sick of it. I love Jesus. I love the Lord, but I'm sick of church. Yeah. I'm tired of the process. I'm tired of sitting in the pews and do the same thing over and over and over again. But that changed when Holy Spirit entered my life. And uh, th- I became sold out at that point mm-hmm. because I was like, man, I just love God's presence. I love what he, he, how personal he can really be. Like he can really be that close, close person, like a person next to you, you know? Like I was talking about, I was impressed about Avery and he uh, just speaks to God like he's just right, right in the same room and really he is, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of faith and, and, and belief in the Lord, that's what changed me from being a stubborn person where I didn't want to be in the church again and uh, to assistant pastor. And it's like, yeah, let's do a couple services a day. Let's let's mm-hmm. have prayer meeting, whatever it is, and let's have special worship, whatever, yeah, you know? It's very advancing but it's different it's like i want to advance the kingdom yeah i want other people to walk in this i want other people to prophesy i want other people to uh get baptized in you know tongues or interpretation like Mm -hmm. i want to see all of this and i want to see all of this like um just like just engulf just like fire my whole nation the whole first nations i I want all of this this freedom and liberty just to be who we're called to be in christ yeah don't i don't want to be the only one i do not want to be the only one i want to me i feel like i want a team i want a group of us i want to share in this i want i want other people to come alongside us just to like carry the flame yeah Th- that's what my heart is to see our nation just so in f- on fire and in love with god mm-hmm. that our whole goal is just to advance the kingdom and that's really what will bring change because like in our job i mean kelly's job we work in health with the first nations our our, our our community for people out there and man i look at the situation in the reserves and Man, we're always like putting on little workshops and conferences <laughs> and it just seems like nothing Nobody changes. Shows up. <laughs> and there's no big change after that happens. And it's like, man, the, the the deep traumas that have happened with some of these people, the First Nations, the abuse from residential schools and the opioid pandemic and, and people are just dying from drug drug abuse and alcohol abuse. It's like, how in the world are these people going to get set free from all this mm-hmm. stuff? With a conference, with a workshop, with some sessions with a, 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 a psychologist or mental health therapist. Yeah. There's not enough people out there to set one person free. So to me, of course, with, with Christ, all things are possible. And that's where I was like, man, Jesus needs to come and interject here. The Holy Spirit needs to come and yeah. just uh, uh, turn these communities right around here. That's what needs to be prayed for. And that's what needs to be put out there because it's like, 
sometimes I feel like it's hopeless to do, to do another conference. It's hopeless to do another workshop and talk about this and stuff. Those are preventative things. Don't get me wrong. And they do help a lot of the young people coming up and, and you know what I mean? So they could have an understanding or whatnot, but it's just the real hope of the first nations and the communities and the nations in general, the world is Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like Amen. you could, you could sit down with a psychologist for the next 10 years and hopefully you'll get free from that trauma that happened when you're a kid, or you could go through there with the Holy spirit and he'll show you where he, where he was in that moment. Mm -hmm. And he'll really set you free from that. What's that healing called? It's called Sozo yeah. deliverance. Yeah. Sozo healing. It's if you don't know anything about Sozo, check that out. It's kind of part of <laughs> Bethel Ministries, and yeah, like we have a couple brothers that are connected that do that kind of ministering. I actually learned it from from Mike Gunn and David, and I did that with Beverly one time, and it's really like you really get healed from those little traumas. Yeah, a lot of tears were shed. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I like I sat there just weeping and stuff, and it's it's something else. Like you get deliverance, but like the deep healing, you know, walking through these these little. Yeah, it sounds really like new agey, but it's like Jesus is the center of all of that experience and led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I read a book and you know how we always talk about uh, the new age and the new age, um, like you know how there's new age, like with rocks and. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oils and I don't know, like new age nuance. And uh, <laughs> so I was reading this book and it was from Rick Joyner and I always get on stuck on Rick Joyner books because mm -hmm. he's a he's a visionary hey he like takes you into his visions so i can't even tell you exactly which book but i was on this series of books and he talked about the new age and the new age th there was a river and it was coming from the throne room but they were stealing water from that river and calling mm. it their healing right yeah. so don't get me wrong it was still healing from heaven but they were stealing it and it was becoming counterfeit mm. healing and then what he was saying is like people actually just need to get connected into that river, like the true river and realize where it comes from. Yeah. And that's where their healing will come from instead of just stealing it. Mm -hmm. And then they'll only get little, little, you know, little glimpses of it or little, yeah. I'm thinking of Reiki. I don't know if you ever heard of Reiki Oh yeah, the before. healing hands kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, healing hands. And I really had to repent from it, but I, I was going to school and this one girl, I was had a headache. And she was a Reiki master. And she, I don't know, she looked at me and she's like, what's going on? And I was like, I have a headache. And she's like, I could see it. And it's no word of a lie. Her hand radiated on my body. And I felt mm. that headache leave my head, go through my arm. And then it went to her. And then she like grounded it and it left. Oh. They're like, no, I'm trying to say there is power there. Yeah. But no, they're totally. stealing it, right? Yeah, they're yeah. stealing that. Yeah power from who, who ultimately does have the power mm -hmm. and it was oh i forget but he was talking about he was talking about different rivers and they're coming from the throne room he was also talking about springs and i don't even know what book but rick joiner if you get on his um the call or the vision series mm -hmm. yeah it talks about different things like that wow kind of makes it kind of explains a lot too like i'd never understood right where people would like this crystal is for for headaches or so I don't specific, know like you know what yeah. I mean mm -hmm. but it was just these little almost stolen trinkets or counterfeit yeah trinkets that maybe once had a little bit power but now you're just now it's just the omen or I have no idea like yeah, yeah. 
I don't totally get it. Yeah. Word of God talks about that. Like Jesus said, like anyone who do gets to this place doesn't go through Jesus is actually called a thief. Yeah. So like you think about it, they're just getting from this yeah. river, and but it's not going through Jesus though. No. <laughs> totally stealing. Yeah. yeah. Mm hmm. <laughs> Where do you go from here? Yes, I don't know. No, I can go. Yeah. While you were sharing and Beverly were sharing, it like triggered some memories of stuff before I was saved. Yeah. You know, like how you talked about you grew up in a church, running around the church and played church. Well, I grew up traditional and I went to powwows, grew up in the powwows and I ran around the arbor, you know, ran mm-hmm. around it, and we played powwow. <laughs> in the basement, we'd have grand entries, you know. Well. <laughs> we'd have um, paper towel, the uh, what's it called, the core of it. Oh, yeah. As little sticks and stuff to hold to dance. <laughs> or we put bells in our socks as bells. I mean, keys. Uh-huh. Keys in our socks as bells, you know. And <laughs> we'd find stuff around the house and we'd play powwow. We'd dance in the basement and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So, like, you grew up there and... Uh, like again two different worlds you know like <laughs> you grew up in the church i grew up in the traditional ways yeah and then uh there was a before i was saying i was i was in an accident this was before i knew kelly i was working for a furniture company yeah and we had to go out onto the reserve and they hired a new guy he was a white guy and he's never driven on res roads like res roads and country roads are two different things right yeah. oh yeah <laughs> and we are going to the reserve, and we went and did our deliveries, and we are going to head back, and he wanted to drive. Okay, go ahead. You can drive. And when I got into the vehicle, into the passenger side, before I was saved, I even I, I heard, buckle up. Ooh. And before, like, then I would never buckle up, just jump in and go and everything, right? So I'm sitting there. He's getting ready, and I heard, buckle up. I was like, buckle up? Why would I buckle up? I buckled up anyways. And we were going, and he was going pretty fast, like 90, where I'd probably go 80, right? Like, still fast, but he wasn't used to the res roads. <laughs> and he lost control, and we fell in. We crashed into a slough with a bunch of trees and everything. Mm-hmm. The uh, airbags exploded, which probably helped, but exploded, and the we crashed. And I remember opening my eyes, and there was a six-inch branch like bark thick tree <laughs> through the windshield like five inches from my head wow. like right there yeah and my forearms were burned from the gunpowder or whatever yeah but if i didn't have that seatbelt on i wouldn't be here my <laughs> head would have been smashed from that tree yeah so i opened my eyes and it was right there so like who had a gun <laughs> <laughs> gunpowder <laughs> <laughs> but uh. i th- th- think back to that like well, why did I hear that? Or yeah, why? What was the purpose of that? You know, like uh-huh. I had a purpose. Why I'm still here? Yeah, mm-hmm. if I didn't put that belt on, I wouldn't be here because <laughs> <laughs> of that branch was that close to my head. Yeah, without that seatbelt, I would have not been here. Like people don't know, me and Dil, we were together for about ten years before we got married. Yeah, and it took three different people at three different services throughout this whole time that we were together for people to tell me that he was the one for me uh-huh. because I was not sure. Not that I was not sure, but, you know, first marriage, I so willingly gave my heart and yeah. and thought, plan my future. 
and it just it didn't work out to how I thought it was gonna work out I thought I did the right thing right I got married and it didn't work out so then when I got in a relationship with Dill I was always waiting I was always waiting for him to change I was always waiting for him to 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 flip out or or I was always waiting for him to like start calling me down mm-hmm. but when we started going to church it took three I think it, first it took Vera I'm pretty sure it took Sims and I'm oh I forget the, Eugene and when they all said they all told me the same exact thing this is a loyal man mm-hmm. and he is made for you wow and so after the third time I heard that I was like oh and uh, my divorce happened and everything all of a sudden because I was looking at my books yesterday and my divorce was finalized February 13th I'm pretty sure and uh a week later Dylan traded her truck in and then we were getting married (laughs) and then March 3rd we got married so it all kind of like boom 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 (laughs) (laughs) I remember her telling me how she was bad you know like I'm no good for you I have debt, you know, I'm whatever she was saying that like she tried so hard to break off with me. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I'm no good for you. Like, even beat him with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she tried everything, <laughs> tried everything. And I told her, no, I'm here. I'm here. Like, I have a son and you yeah. don't like I come with a lot of bags and everything. And I always had to, like, encourage her. Like, I ain't going nowhere. I'm here. Like, mm-hmm. say all you want. I'm not going nowhere. I'm here. Like. It took. It was quite a battle in the beginning for <laughs> yeah. trying to convince her. You know, like yeah. I'm not gonna do anything bad or nothing, right? Like it took a lot of uh, enticing, I guess. Well, I just came in with a lot of mistrust. Yeah. Right? Like first, my I thought you know my first love, this was it, and uh, I could not even see anybody else. And then all of a sudden, for just me to feel the betrayed, real betrayed. And then for someone else to come in and want to pick up my heart, I was like, you're just going to pick it up and you're just going to hurt it. Just like the, like, you know, when they really say like, you should heal from your last relationship, Mm -hmm. you should kind of take that in consideration. Just kind of heal that part. Cause I, I bring in a lot of baggage. Baggage? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I kind of sometimes too, when we would fight, I would kind of throw at him, why don't you just hit me already? <laughs> kind of like, <laughs> just hit me already, and then we could get over it. We could get over it, and like, you know, there's that where the, they you, they hit you, and then there's a honeymoon phase, and you know, they the talk about the of cycle abuse. of abuse. Yeah. So I was I was so in it, and, and I was waiting for him just to hit me, and he would, he would almost break his heart the way he would look at, look at me when I would be like, just hit me, and be like, why would you think that I would want to hit you? <laughs> I love you. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> like, I was not used to his soft heart. Oh, and I was just beat up. I was just rough like like my grandma's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like back then like she says soft heart, but growing up, I was soft heart, but mean. You know, uh-huh. I had that mean streak on me when I was younger. To like, you said, like you said to Beverly when someone called her name, yeah. that you wanted to punch him. Yeah, I wouldn't even never thought about it. I just <laughs> did it. I would have did it. Like. <laughs> There's one time, I forget somebody was like kind of mouthing off at the bar, and I think he like mouthed off like a swear word at me. It looked like it was to me. I don't know if it was to me, but Dylan got up right away and tossed him over the. Was it like a? 
what was it? Oh, a balcony. Two-story balcony. (laughs) 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 Like, back then, like, when my drinking days were, I was like, you go into the bar and everybody come talk to me and everything. Like, Kelly couldn't get a word in with me. Like, Kelly would say you're like a godfather. Uh Like, you go in and everyone's come talk to you. How are you doing? Buy a beer. (laughs) What are you drinking? A shot of tequila. Come up here. We're going to buy you a shot, you know? Yeah. And then he'd be like, I'd be like sitting there waiting for him because everyone wants to buy him around. And then he would come sit with me and he'd be like, oh, they're, they're just hoping that these guys don't act up. And I told him, don't worry about it. Yeah, one, guy <laughs> came up, one guy came up to me and said, oh, these guys are these guys are trying to fight me. And I was standing there talking to him and I kind of looked and these guys looked at me and then I kind of just gestured. I don't know how I gestured, but I told the guy, don't don't worry, they won't do nothing. He just you shook know, his like, head like, no. That's just what I was back then. I was uh-huh. like mean, you know. I swing back first down. and ask questions later. You know, <laughs> like if someone comes to me and needs help, I'll help them. Yeah. You know, physically and all that stuff. And if like, he was the one acting up, the other guys would be the ones getting kicked out of the bar, not Dill. <laughs> yeah, the the managers would. Even before it started, like they realized somebody was bothering me, mm-hmm. they get him out right away. Right away. <laughs> he funded <Yeah>. paradise. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was then, I was like, (laughs) life at a party, you know, Dylan shows up, it's it's party time, you know, it's fun, Uh but my later years, I start getting angry, like you said, to me too, I start getting mad where, Kelly, drive me here, I want to go, I want to go fight, I want to go find somebody, I'm going to fight him. And he wouldn't know I'd be in the vehicle and I'd be praying all the way to Labrette saying, God, please let there be nobody act up to him because I don't know how far he's going to take it. Lord God, just intervene, send your angels. I'm praying this to the bar. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? That Because he was like right mad. And I didn't know sometimes half the time what he was mad at. But he was just so drunk, right? And he was like, man, I'm going to beat someone up. I think we went to two bars that night. Fort so, yeah. and then Labrette. And then finally he's like, Kelly, no, let's just go home. Let's just go home. Uh-huh. Finally, we, I was like, we were driving back to Lemberg. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Like, yeah. So that was, that was time to quit. Yeah. You know, I'm not fun no more to be with. It's. Don't go to Dale. He's mad. He's going to get mad. Uh-huh. And I didn't want Wyatt growing up seeing me like that, you yeah. know, seeing me drunk and angry and all that. And Kelly didn't deserve that mm-hmm. to see me like that and all that stuff. So it definitely enticed me to quit drinking. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't like the way I was turning out to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Plus, so. I will just marry in here that David and Beverly, I feel, had a lot to do because sometimes instead of drinking on the weekends, Dill would be gaming. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. he would be yeah. he'd be uh, playing uh, different kind of board games with all of us because me I kind of came in beforehand because Dill was long hauling so sometimes he'd be gone on weekends and Beverly would be posting on my wall are you coming home this weekend and I'd yeah. <laughs> go stay with David and Beverly at Auntie Teresa's house and have good weekends I wouldn't even mind that Dill was gone because I knew I'd be able in Yorkton hanging out with these two <laughs> and then our kids just got along so well playing games yeah. till the sun came up <laughs> yeah like 4 kids. 6 a.m we would our be poor kids just <laughs> sleeping wherever they fell <laughs> 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 and then finally i would dill would come home and i would tell him about all the different games we would play like ticket to ride and you know just different games we would play and then all of a sudden dill's like well i want to play games and <laughs> i forgive me husband nah because i'd be like dill's kind of like a a simple guy. I, I don't <laughs> know if he's going to get much. But, you know, praise the Lord. God is a restorer. <laughs> I, I remember you were saying yeah, he's yeah. kind of like 
an ogre or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's going to be able to play these games properly. Yeah. He came and sat down with us and I would explain the rules once and he's like, he got it. And I was yeah. like, this guy's not stupid. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks, looks like it. This kind of looks like, like it. it. <laughs> sounds like it too. Yeah, <laughs> but he's, he's keen as a bean, you know? <laughs> but uh, like next next podcast, if you have me, yeah, I could share like the dream of the night I got married and uh-huh. the dream that I found that like it, all the temptations, everything. So oh, yeah, after the, I think I shared it with you guys. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But I could, yeah, yeah okay. that was the one he shared before we moved. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah definitely have to share that one. So next definitely time. come back next Sunday, all you listeners. Yeah. I can share yeah. You're from yeah. Dylan. Dylan has yes. a testimony like no other. Like my. Yeah. Yeah, that that was. I think I might cut my testimony out of this <laughs> one here. We'll just edit it right out. Yeah, just well, that's why. Like, I found I should have a paper and pen because when you guys are sharing, it trigger like kind of remember remember stuff where I can write down and share that bits and pieces, and then mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Even after I was done sharing my testimony, I remembered little little, <laughs> little thing things here, little yeah. thing there. Just kind of skipped over little yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. And this conversation is gonna keep going and going Definitely. and like like through the next episodes and we could always add on to yeah. like yeah. Our, our yeah what we you know these little stories and stuff because there's so much you could fill books with the stories oh that yeah. we've yeah. we have yeah. yeah and it's just the most amazing thing too because that uh that day we were gonna get married um early in the morning i must have woke up about five i was just like dead excited to finally marry him i already felt like i was married to him but finally just make it good with the law imaginary haters <laughs> but that morning no word of a lie i like i heard just just the piercing sounds of like eagles crying and i was like what's going on what what, what is going on and then i went online and i started looking for like what happens when two eagles finally meet what really happens right and uh then i got to read i got to read a story about when a eagle finally picks her mate she throws sticks to see if he'll catch them and she gets bigger and bigger to like logs like giant logs and then she finally drops him to see if he will catch these logs and i was thinking like man many tests i probably put dylan through (laughs) many many sticks to logs i probably threw at him to make sure thinking that you won't catch you won't catch but you know he caught everyone and i was just hearing those cries of like eagles i wish we (laughs) 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 and uh, like but finally to like like you know to feel like wow i found i found my other i finally found somebody who's who's loyal and who's gonna take care of me and who's gonna like catch babies when there's babies (laughs) 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 catch dolly yeah the whole test is to see if the male will catch a chick if it falls oh right it just goes from yeah yeah yeah. it'll be able to catch them before it hits the ground yeah so Praise the Lord. Yeah. I found my other eagle who's another dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah, because I think the first time I really dreamed with you, I dreamed of your grandmother. Hey? Yeah. I, my, my cook-um I, come and sing, yeah. I didn't even know his cookum was very, very special to him. I didn't know. But I told him, I think I woke up and I said, that I seen a lady and I was trying to like... um she she's been waiting for me for a long time and 
she told me she told me there's going to be many tests there's going to be many tests that um that's going to happen it's even going to seem like you're messing around on me mm. but she kissed me on the cheek and i remember when she kissed me on the cheek because she said i gotta go i gotta go but he's the real thing and i've been waiting for you i've been waiting for you to um meet my grandson i've been waiting for you for a really long time she said, and then she kissed my cheek, and then I didn't know Dylan was the one who kissed my cheek, and, and I kind of pushed him away to be like, she's going to leave. And he, I don't know what he probably thought, because I was still sleeping, and I was kind of like, she's going to leave, and she's like, he's he's the one, you're the one. Mm. And then she left, right? And then he had a picture of his cookum at their house, and I was like, this is the woman I s- dreamt of. This is the woman. She told me. She told me things. And, uh, so that's why when I read Luke, right, that all she did was believe that there is a God, that, you know, that mm-hmm. she is in heaven, that she did visit me, that I did have a heavenly encounter with his grandmother who has been waiting for me to, not necessarily for me, but for what I carry to save her grandson and to hopefully bring what I have to her family. Yeah. Salvation, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm really, I really hope for and I really pray there's a lot of praying for my husband that, you know, that God makes himself totally real. Yeah. And I really believe that God speaks to him through his dreams and mm-hmm. while he's at work. There's a lot of st- stuff that I know he could testify. Like, he probably has way better testimonies <laughs> than me. Everyone's just like, I'm tired of you, Kelly. And I'm like, yeah, I'm tired of myself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's very true. I do have lots to, like, testify about that. He wow. shows that he's real. Yeah. Like. It seems fake and all that, but it's real. It's like, real. Lots happens at work. Like, yeah. I can do a whole podcast of just talking <laughs> of that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but come back and also I can share the story of the night of my, the night that I got married. Yeah. You're going to want to check that out. It's, yeah. it's awesome. So, yeah. You guys want to sign off for the night? We're actually going to like one and a half hours right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until it, next time. good. Yeah. Well. We thank you all for joining us. Thanks for the live audience. Yes. So that is it for today, God's Gang Podcast. Uh, make sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're all available. There's others too, but and give us a rating. And your mama's house. And your mama's house. <laughs> check out our page on Facebook too. We share with your friends share with your friends if you really like it and even if you don't like it talk about it to people (laughs) get that buzz going out there brent brothford yeah yeah, we're calling (laughs) out your name yeah (laughs) brent borthwick yeah everyone calls him brothwich (laughs) it's borthwick if you look at his last name just look at it and sound it out (laughs) borthwick you'll see (laughs) (laughs) okay all right i think that's it over and out over and out ghost riding god bless ghost riding (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that it is, yeah. <laughs>